Hello and welcome to the Minnesota Family Law Podcast. My name is Tom Tuft and I'm a family law attorney at the law firm of Tuft, Locke, Jerebeck, and O'Connell. Challenging times require new thoughts. And my guest today is someone who is a great thinker of new thoughts. She was on last week and I'm happy to invite her back again. She is the owner of Moxie Inc., trained as a clinical psychologist, but you'll find her more providing coaching and ADR services. I'm so pleased to have a chance to talk once again with Dr. Kirsten Lisney. Kirsten, I want to thank you for joining me again and taking the time out of your day to, to share some of your insights. No problem. Thanks for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. So last time we talked more about you know how you're continuing to operate and some tips and tricks that, that you use. Um, I'm more interested this time in talking about you know how people are doing, meaning your your clients. Um, you know, w- what do you do? What what do you see when they struggle? How are they How are they struggling? Well, it's interesting. You know, um, parents are really trying to figure out how to uh, follow the advice that's been given. Uh, by the, well, I won't even list them all, but, you know, several uh, national family law organizations, we've gotten a lot of guidance uh, about uh, that the parenting time schedules that were determined to be in kids' best interest, unless there are, uh, you know, sort of circumstances due to a uh, parent being ill or being exposed to someone who's ill or having a job that's in a category that makes them high risk of exposure, uh, that, uh, you know, we're trying to keep kids uh, on those schedules that were determined to be in their best interest so that during this hard time of crisis, uh, children also aren't losing access to one of their parents. Right. Mm -hmm. And so uh, sometimes the more uh, fearful uh, elements of our nature make us want to uh, stay safe at any cost, you know, and hunker down into one house and say, oh, no, I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm never going out of the house and my kids not going back and forth and we'll all just be safe if we stay right here and don't move. Um, But, you know, we. There's pros and cons to that. Uh, you know, number one, you can't guarantee safety uh, in that way. Um, more caution doesn't always make more safety. Um, and also, you know, there's a loss uh, for kids. Uh, the, the way we've all felt the losses of our daily infrastructure, right? We don't go to mm-hmm. work anymore. We don't go to yes. school anymore, right? Yeah. And all those things are losses. If Imagining if we were a kid and we didn't see one of our parents anymore. Um, we all know from, you know, watching the news that there are uh, families, let's say of, um, I'm thinking of um, certain uh, healthcare providers who are sort of quarantining themselves away from their family and kids, whether they're in one house or two, um, those things, I'm not saying those kind of accommodations shouldn't be made and can't be made. Obviously, there are circumstances where that's appropriate. But in general circumstances, you know, we're trying to help our kids uh, have the support of both parents at what might be one of the most scariest times in their life, right? And when, when having access to both parents could be really important. So when you ask how I've seen people struggle, um, 
we uh, I'll zoom back for a second uh, and kind of go big picture. There's a concept, uh, a language that we use that's called gatekeeping, right? Gatekeeping is a, a normal developmental process about how we as parents teach little kids about, you know, stranger danger, right? Uh, and and other useful safety topics, sure. um, things that little kids need to know. Uh, and basically that's how we we instruct kids as in in the ways of knowing um, who is us and who is them, right? We, you know, we are your parents, we are your family and friends. We in this house, do things this way. Um, uh, that's us. We are a family. And then there's them, right? Who are the strangers or the dangerous ones or the, um, uh, we sort of draw a line around uh, our family and who's on the inside of that circle and who's on the outside. It's important for kids to learn that as part of their family identity and part of their safekeeping. But part of what I've seen uh, families struggle with uh, before COVID-19, but it gets uh, exaggerated during COVID-19, is where the lines of this who is us and who is them go through the middle of the family, right, Mm -hmm. Uh, and not around the entirety of the family. And so um, us becomes one parent in this house and the kids and them becomes the other house uh, and how they don't do things properly or they're not safe over there. And that can be very complicated for kids who uh, are trying to develop that sense of themselves and their family identity and a sense of trust in both of their parents, um, by the way, which is protective uh, generally. And so when they get taught sort of um, in the COVID-19, where I've heard uh, the more fearfulness of parents take over, it's, you know, it, well, in this house, I know you're safe, but over there with them, um, you know, it may be contaminated, right? Now, nobody would probably use those words exactly, nope, but that's... we might accidentally be teaching that message. So stepmom, stepmom's kids, I mean, every, you know, even bio parent who's yeah, not right. You know, the other parent never is using the same safety measures as the parent you're hearing from. So, and that's a real difficulty, right? With families who have a hard time or co parent teams who have a hard time seeing eye to eye in the best of circumstances, right? Here we are in the hardest of circumstances and really trying to figure out um, what are reasonable differences in our practices. What are reasonable levels of quarantining ourselves away from uh, uh, the public? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and yet, even that was it, right? Because the public is them, and we are going to stay away from them. But like, who's the public, and who are my stepkids, <laughs> right? right? Or my, you know, uh, my other family, um, you know, because kids are going in between households sometimes. You know, in way we think if we think about the links between households, if you have stepkids going, let's see, I'm like, um, 
stepkids going to and from one house to two other houses, we've got at least three houses there that are linked, yep. right? Yep. And maybe Absolutely. there's stepkids that go through other advice. So you can end up with this network of people where kids are traveling back and forth quite a lot. And so, um, you know, I've in the, some of the healthiest things I've heard is where those linked uh, parents, step parents, and um, um, my ex's new husband's ex <laughs> were all on a Zoom call saying, "What are we doing? How are we managing what these kids are doing? How are we managing how many people are coming and going?" So everybody has a sense of safety and calm. It's a big teamwork endeavor to um, have such a big us <laughs> to take care of. Yeah, right. And you need to have everyone who can step back a bit and that's not you know in my parenting consulting role that almost just doesn't exist <laughs> it's hard to do um when you're in a lot of conflict and even for those who aren't normally in a lot of conflict while there's so much fear that fearfulness can make it hard to step back and have a um perspective where that allows you to sort of tolerate differences in somebody else's, uh, you know, safety precautions without becoming, you know, totally afraid, right. To make reasonable differences be reasonable instead of everybody has to do it exactly my way or else I can't feel safe. Right. But that's a normal thought when you're really afraid. You know, there's some, some, you know, when I'm doing a mediation or something in SCNE or something, there's certain, you know, buzz phrases that people will say that you think, mm -hmm. okay, we're, you know, you start thinking, okay, maybe there's some gatekeeper traits here. And that's, mm -hmm. that's helpful in, you know, analyzing the case and giving them feedback, um, you know, and it's referring to them as my children is one, although that comes up mm -hmm. in all kinds of scenarios. Um, you know, there's just a few others, you know, the comparison to my versus your, uh, you know, and, and but since of or of late, you hear a lot about he's not doing this kind of thing, or she she's not, you know, she's an ER nurse, and this is not a good time for this to happen, um, you know, or to, to uh -huh. step ahead or make changes or whatever, or even to let the the child see the kids. And um, I'm going to have to start thinking about, you know, are some of those responses kind of in that gatekeeper uh, category. Cause then the coaching you do is different. Um, when you, you know, you can share those observations with them, you know, and it, it, you're right about that. And it's interesting because gatekeeping, like I said, it's a normal part of raising kids. It's part of what we need to teach our kids mm -hmm. about family and community. Um, the, uh, and so gatekeeping can by it, done well is a very healthy and appropriate response. So there's what um, the literature would call adaptive gatekeeping. This is what I would say when you're doing it right, which means when the gate should be open, it's opened. Mm -hmm. When the gate should be closed, it's closed because it's also, and, and then, so, excuse me, I got ahead of myself. And then the maladaptive or when like, this is not the way it should be running is the opposite, where the gate should be open, but a parent has closed it. Or it can also happen that it should be closed because what's on the other side of the gate is dangerous. Right. But the parent doesn't close the gate and leaves it open. Right. And so 
That's an interesting way of thinking about all of this too, is that failure to take precautions that are reasonable um, is also something that both parents should be take, paying attention to, right? We don't want to be, oh, it's always good to be friendly, so just leave the gate open. We don't do that. <laughs> right. We don't send our kids off in cars with strangers, right? Because we close the gate. And we say, nope, nope, don't get in somebody else's car. Right. right. Nope. We're not going over there because um, it's not safe to, I don't know, swing on the swings or go to school or whatever the things are that we're not doing right now. We're not, you know, touching everything in the grocery store or whatever. We're not going to movie theaters, whatever it right. is. Um, we have closed the gate appropriately. Um, but then we got to figure out also. And when is it appropriate to open the gate? Right. So we're doing both of those things in a healthy way. Well, I got some complex notes for <laughs> for, for this podcast. I got lines crossing and all kinds of stuff. I mean, you've just given so much um, good, helpful information. Um, you know, some of these podcasts, or well, the podcasts are really designed for our professional colleagues. Um, mm -hmm. But this one, uh, we'll have some insights for. I'm going to have direct some clients to to listen and get some of these insights. Um, I, I don't know if they'll do anything, but you know, free coaching. <laughs> right. There it is. That way. Well, and some, sometimes when you put words on something, all of a sudden you can see it more clearly. Sure. Right. Sure. And so that's part of, you know, so we have words for this now about the gate and keeping it open. And maybe it helps us notice like, oh, I was being kind of weird with the gate right there. I did want to close it mm -hmm. on everybody, or I do want to open it for everybody. And, you know, maybe I'm, doing too much of that, right? That's right. so, yeah. Parents can hear that, not just professionals, but as professionals, we can learn to listen for it mm -hmm, and see the patterns of how it goes within a family or when someone's trying to make half of the family us and the other half of them, then them, that, like the Hatfields and yes. McCoys. You've heard of that. <laughs> On occasion, yes, <laughs> daily. <laughs> so, I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> So, well, again, I want to thank you for your time. Um, this has been really insightful, as is every conversation I have with you. But I've, oh, I, uh, that's I, kind. Think, <laughs> I think this will be, this will be uniquely helpful. And I, I, I again, I the door is always open to talk further. But I, I really appreciate your time and and uh, and sharing today. Awesome! Thank you very much. Nice to talk to you, Tom. Well, I now have some new approaches to some of these challenging questions that are arising in uh, both my ADR and litigation practice. I can always count on Kirsten to help me think differently. Tomorrow, I will have a student from Mitchell Hamlin Law School and a student from the University of St. Thomas share their thoughts as they look to their future in the practice of law in these very unique circumstances. On Friday, Courtney Schneider joins me to discuss the Family Law League. On Saturday, Mindy Mitnick and Major General and Family Law Attorney Joanna Clyborne join me to discuss the challenges facing military children, especially children whose parents are in the National Guard and are or maybe uh, facing call-ups during the pandemic, placing them in very dangerous positions. Once again, we have come to the end of an episode. 
So to my family law colleagues, I say thanks for listening, and I look forward to continuing these discussions. Now take care of yourself and your family so you can take care of your clients and your business.